0: Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. Why don't you take your uh, your Bibles, meet me in the book of Judges, chapter 6. Let's talk about Gideon's famous faith-filled night assault, praise God, that he made against the Midianites. We're going to be in Judges, chapter 6. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into Your Word, we ask that Your Holy Spirit would bring brilliant illumination of the scriptures. Thank you, Father. Let them inspire tremendous faith in our lives, and we thank you for deliverance being worked in our lives as well. Total freedom. Father, we claim it, and we believe you for it in the name of Jesus. We all say, Amen. Judges chapter 6, verse 1, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years years. That's a long time, especially to be a child of God, to be subjugated, ruled over, and dominated by something of great evil. God doesn't want us to have those types of situations. Let's make sure that that to the best of our ability, we keep all doors closed to the devil. We don't want any ites invading our life through legal permit. And of course, that's why the Midianites are there, because of their rebellion, and God's allowed them to come in. And so this is something that we certainly want to avoid. But you have to also deal with any type of ite, if it's in your life, maybe it's there for whatever reason. Nevertheless, it's going to have to go. Let's talk about how to get them out. Praise God verse 4, it says that uh, they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza, and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. I mean, it. Uh, they were like locust. it says, just come, they would come in, usually a couple times of year, and they would just come in by the, by the, Tens of thousands, over hundreds, of, over hundred thousand, they would just come in. They would take all of the Israelis' animals. They would take all of their food, and they would take any type of surplus or nice stuff. Uh, uh, unfortunately, whenever there's you know raids and just you know total pillage like this, there's also rape and all of the other awful things. And the Israelis just can't stop them. they you know the Midianites are too strong, and they're dominating them. They're punishing them, and they're having no mercy. So this is getting very, very difficult for the Israelis to deal with. It says now in verse 5, For they would come up with their livestock and their tents, coming in as numerous as locusts, both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. So it says they were greatly impoverished impoverished. Definitely a place God never wants His people to be in. So it's time to get out of any mess, get deliverance, and look for the deliverance anointing. Just as God anointed Gideon and turned him from like a normal type guy into a super soldier by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, God can also anoint you. You can drive out all the ites, whether they're Malachites or whoever they might be. Here we're dealing mainly with the Midianites. You can drive them out by the power of the Holy Spirit and overthrow them. Now, this is a tough time for Israel. They're they're impoverished. They um they're going to be running very low on food supply. Also, there's there's really no metal in the land. Uh, the Midianites are ruling up north, northern Israel. Down south, now the the Midianites would stretch it almost all the way down to. The area of the Gaza type area. Just like today, you look at Israel, you look at the area of Gaza. Well, in the ancient times, the Philistines were pretty much dominating that area. But the Midianites, they were just they would just take that whole area of northern Israel and just rule over. So they were a very difficult people group to deal with. And God wanted them out. Seven years, the Israelites have learned their lesson their hearts are beginning to want to go back to God. They were fed up with the dualism. They had evolved this like dualist, uh, like a dualistic type religion where they had a, they had a heart for God. They knew that Jehovah was God, but they were fascinated with the, the gods of the Canaanites and the, the primary deity worshiped by the Canaanites and the small native peoples of Canaan, they worshipped Baal. And Baal would be the god of thunder or the god of the storm. He was also considered the god of prosperity. And in their mythology, their pantheon of gods, he would be married to Asheroth, and she would be the goddess of fertility. And so the Israelites kind of, they kind of wanted to mix both together. And of course, God, the true God, Jehovah God, would never tolerate or allow such a foolish, wicked thing as that. Now, verse Verse 11, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Oprah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. Now, he's threshing the wheat not on a high area where the wind can help separate the chaff from the wheat, which is the normal way to do it. He's actually doing this down in a wine press, and a wine press would be dug out, it would be uh, something that would be down low, uh, which is not, not the place you would normally ever thresh wheat. But he's doing that because he can't be seen. The Midianites, I mean, if they saw any Israeli that had anything of value, they're going, to, they're going to take it. So he's trying to hide the little that he has. Verse 12, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now it is interesting that he's threshing wheat in the wine press because kings were noted for two food types that would be wheat and it would be wine that was considered what the royalty would always have. So for the angel to come to him in that location denotes not so much that he's going to be a king, although it's like a kingly type anointing. Uh, Israel's not yet ready for a king. Not really ready until later when David shows up. Now we did have Saul before that. That was a blunder. That was the people's choice. It wasn't God's plan. And before that we also had an apostate uh, who ruled and reigned for a little while uh, but because he was so wicked and rose through wicked means all the wicked involved in the whole thing pretty much all killed each other. (laughs) So he was off the scene eventually. And uh, but right now uh, God is going to select him God is going to put his anointing up on Gideon and he's going to raise him up as a deliverer verse 13 Gideon said to him "O oh my Lord if the Lord is with us why then has all this happened to us and where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about saying did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So there is a sending anointing. There is a time where it's. Uh, The moment where you realize God is with you you're fed up with uh, goofing around and hosting Midianites and Amalekites and uh, you know playing around with the sinful things of the world and you say Jesus I'm not satisfied with just going to heaven I know my sins are washed away and I know that I'm forgiven but Jesus I'm not messing around with any other type of stuff that would allow the enemy to come into my life I want total allegiance to you and you know Gideon understood that he's, he's upset about the situation but the people really knew it even a prophet stood up and told the, the Israelis hey the, the reason that you're in this phenomenal poverty and these extreme hardships is because you turned away from the Lord and so it really takes total turning back to God with all of your heart and then that breakthrough anointing begins to get released so that there can be freedom in every area of the life of the child of God Verse 15, so he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Well, that is true that Manasseh and Ephraim, although being closely related, of course, Ephraim was the super tribe, and and also had a super ego. They probably had no idea that Judah would one day rise to prominence and also be the the tribe that even the Messiah would descend from. Uh, you know, they they thought they were everything. But Manasseh they, they were smaller and you know, of course, much humbler. And he notes that verse sixteen. And the Lord said to him, "Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man." Well, he he wants, although he he 's talking to the angel of the Lord, he wants a little more backup, he wants a little more support, he wants to see a, a sign from God. Verse eighteen, do not depart from here, I pray until I come to you and bring out my offering and set it before you and he said, "I will wait until you come back so Gideon went in and prepared a young goat, uh, and remember, this is time of great famine it 's not like there 's goats walking around all over the place, so for an Israeli man to take a goat, this is really an act of faith. And my friends, there is uh, an element of sacrifice that if you want to move forward, there'll be those times you have to make those sacrifices, but when God's in it, everything will be just fine. So, to take that young goat when, you know, the Midianites have pretty much plundered everything that you have, and if they find out you've got a goat, they're certainly going to take that. So, he's being very sacrificial and he's stepping out in faith. So, Gideon went in and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. The meat he put in a basket. And he put the broth in a pot and he brought them out to him under the, the terebinth tree and presented them. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rock and pour out the broth. And he did so. Well, this would have been an unhewn or an uncut rock. So this was going to be actually, actually become like a sacrificial rock, an altar, so to speak. Verse 21 Then the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread and fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread and the angel of the lord dep- departed out of his sight now in the middle eastern culture you would never want to eat with an enemy eating was something that was uh an act of actually opening up your heart kind of a you know showing your kindness and showing your goodness so What has happened is that the people of God the Israelis they have broken covenant with God and so there's not a there's not a relationship going on in other words God and his people can't have a meal together so the fact that Gideon presents a meal to the angel of the Lord and it's accepted basically mean It means that God is back in covenant working relationship with his people. The meal is accepted. Praise God. Verse 22 Now Gideon perceived that he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, Peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Now things begin to move very, very quickly now. And God can move quickly in your life when your heart is fully died, uh, uh, dialed in to the Lord and all you want to do is serve the Lord and you drop all false gods, all false idols, all sin. you say i 'm fed up with it." Uh, now doesn 't mean you 're sinless and you 'll never sin, but as far as addictions and unclean habits and things that would uh, you know cause the anointing of God to not rest upon your life, you just say, i 'm done with that stuff, and i 'm serving the Lord, then God can begin to move quickly in the life of his people. verse 25. Now it came to pass the same night. That the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull. Well, okay, here we're gonna go with the sacrifice. Again, remember, there's not a lot of bulls walking around, and to actually take your father's bull, <laughs> and you're gonna sacrifice him. Okay, so he's actually got two of them, and even the other is going to be sacrificed as well eventually. Well, you know, this is, this is definitely an act of faith. God will move you forward in his plan. God will work miracles in y- your life. God will do things at night as you seek God at night. So much of, of what is taking place is happening at night. You're going to actually see that Gideon is going to stay up two entire nights in a row with no sleep. Now, he's going to be also, one of these days, he's going to be fighting and battling and running all day long. But uh, here's the thing when the anointing is there, and God begins to move, don't take your foot off the gas pedal. I mean, just stay with the Lord, and stay with the anointing. Your mind might say, hey, you know what I'm going to do at work tomorrow. But I, I, I will tell you that if the Spirit of God is resting on you, there will be an unusual strength. There will be a grace. And when it's there, maximize that, utilize that, and just go with the flow. You know after everything's accomplished and you've won the great victory then you can take a little nap then then you get some rest but when that anointing is there that anointing is there for your breakthrough it is there for your deliverance and if it requires you to push it a little bit don't be afraid to do that praise God you'll find that the Lord will hold you up now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him take your father's young bull the second bull of seven years old and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the wooden image that is beside it well he does that it uh Causes quite an uprising in the town in the morning he actually gathered ten guys to help him out, but it, look any time you get ten people together, nobody 's going to be able to keep a secret so <laughs> by the time the sun 's up and people in the town have seen what 's happened it 's already gotten out that Gideon was the one that did it or the instigator of the whole thing, so everybody is back to putting the pressure on him, and in a sense. His father really does defend his son. But remember, Gideon's father is a worshiper of Baal. So you can see already God's grace and God's spirit is moving to protect Gideon and to keep him from being killed. And his father basically said, hey, look, if if you know Baal is really concerned about this, his altar being torn down, let Baal defend himself. Let Baal do something about it. We don't have to be the ones that go out here and, you uh, you know, kill my son so everybody backed off so you can see that God is moving uh, there now Gideon asks for a couple of signs he's going to put out a fleece and God honors that because Gideon has been in a place where his faith is starting to come alive but he's still weak and he needs a little encouragement so God gives him he gives him some signs he uh, he works with Gideon on the fleece issue Um I would encourage you, though, as a New Testament believer with the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, something that Gideon never had, a privilege that all of those under the Old Covenant never knew of actually having God live on the inside of you. I would encourage you as a New Testament believer, don't put out fleeces, because a fleece is in the natural realm, And a lot of young Christians will try to put out a fleece. They'll read the story. I'll put out a fleece too. Uh, I'll ask God to do this. Give me a sign. If this happens, that means it's of God. Well, a lot of a lot of things can happen in the lat, in the natural that could be uh, luck or chance or things like that. So, just uh, the main thing, get it by the Holy Spirit on the inside, and then if there is an outward witness, and God has no problem of doing that, if there is an outward witness, then it already it'll line up what you get from the inside. All I'm saying is just get it from God. If you get it from God on the inside, then any outward witness is icing on the cake. Okay, praise the Lord. So we just want to do it the right way. Be led by the Spirit. Don't be led by a fleece, or you can definitely be misled. Now Judges chapter 7, let's jump into the situation of the, of the supernatural night assault, which produced an amazing victory. Then jerubbabel that is Gideon, and that's what they gave him, kind of like a nickname. It actually means bell fighter. or or, he's like a warrior against Baal okay then Jeroboam that is Gideon and all the people who were with him rose early and encamped beside the well of Herod so that the camp of the Midianites was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley and the Lord said to Gideon the people who are with you are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands lest Israel claim glory for itself against me saying my own hand has saved me now therefore proclaim in the hearing of the people now watch this is very important saying whoever is fearful and afraid let him turn and depart at once from Mount Gilead now that's amazing if you're fearful and afraid you're going to short circuit the promises of god now remember romans chapter 14 get down to the very end of romans chapter 14 at the end of that chapter and the great apostle paul made an incredible statement under the inspiration of the holy spirit he said that which is of which is not a faith is sin So even if you're going to do something, but you're doing it with unbelief and you're full of fear, it's actually sin. Anything that you're going to do, you need to do it in faith. If you're going to go eat at McDonald's, I'm going to go eat at McDonald's in faith, praise God. Go in faith, hallelujah. If you're going to go to church, go in faith. If you're going to go fill your car up with gas, fill it up in faith, praise God. Don't be all full of fear and unbelief. Ooh, what if they don't put pickles on my burger? I don't know what I'm going to do. I oh, don't worry about it. Order your food in faith and enjoy it. And if they forgot the pickles, go back through the drive through again and tell them to put the pickles back on it. My friends, all this fear and nervousness and unbelief, well Pastor Stephen, what's what what's going to happen to the market? Well, are, are are you invested in the market? No. Well, then who cares? don't worry about it stay in faith and do what God has called you to do Mm, all these fears and phobias most of them even don't even have any relevance to people they're just watching things and getting all, all worked up about all kinds of things they don't even know anybody that lives there they don't they certainly don't even even live there they're just all all worked up about all kinds of stuff that has no relevance to their life praise the Lord so those who were fearful and afraid they were told to leave and twenty two thousand of the people returned, and ten thousand remain. Isn't that amazing? Big chunk of people. we've got about thirty-two thousand people there, and just boom, just like that. Over twenty thousand people just have to leave. That's sad. All full of fear, all full of unbelief. And you know what? As a soldier. You don't want people like that around you fighting like that, you know, trying to hold a sword, just, you know, shaking. It's like, hey, hey, I I don't need that. You're going to end up, you know, over here cutting me with that silly thing. Get out of here. And you've got to surround yourself with people that are full of faith. Praise God. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Say amen. Twenty-two thousand of the people returned. Good. We don't need them. Oh, Pastor Stephen, we need numbers. You don't need numbers like that. You do not need numbers like that. You need God, and you need to be in faith. Woo! Hallelujah. Rise up. Rise up, and get ready for warfare. Okay, so ten thousand remain. But the Lord said to Gideon, the people are still too many. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Then it will be that of whom I say to you, this one shall go with you, the same shall go with you, and of whomever I say to you, this one shall not go with you, the same shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, Everyone who laps from the water with his tongue, as a dog laps, you shall set apart by himself. Likewise, everyone who gets down on his knees to drink okay so here's the primary understanding of this those that would get down on their knees to drink and get all relaxed and put their face in the water and just you know slurp it all up maybe even they brought a straw you know, just you know, enjoying the water, but really losing conscious of their awareness that maybe an enemy could fire upon them. They were all dismissed, okay. But the ones that got down and like a dog, looking up and just lapping the water, but still just on it, just kind of like wired you know uh, those were the warriors that God was looking for and the number of those who lapped putting their hand to their mouth was 300 men but all the rest of the people got down on their knees to drink water okay so we're down to 300 people now think think about the craziness of this and how God doesn't need all of our fleshly mechanizations Pastor Stephen I'm going to help God God doesn't need your help God can do it without you God can do it without me God knows what he's doing we need to stop leaning on the arm of flesh all these gimmicks all these goofy weird kooky ideas that so many of God's people come up with thinking they're going to bail God out God doesn't need anybody to bail him out <laughs> Woo! hallelujah now we could use a little help at times and God's well able to supply but we've got to look to Him, mm, we've in got to engage Him in strong faith, mm, and trust Him, and He'll do it. He'll do it. Yes, He will. Praise God. But think about God's idea. Let's get rid, let's get rid of 32,000 people, and let's bring them all the way down to just 300. And the 300 are going to fight 135,000 armed soldiers. Now, remember The Midianites have just they've just they've they've impoverished the people of Israel. They hardly have any livestock. Almost all of it's been taken and eaten by the Midianites. You know, they're just they're just impoverished on every area. What does that mean? No no knives, no swords, no shields no weapons. And down south, the Philistines have cut off Judah and Simeon and uh, and you know, the group down there Benjamin, they don't have any weapons down there either. So this is not good. But up north there's definitely no, no weapons, there's no iron or anything like that. And so you've got 300 people going against 135,000 who are armed and outnumbered you on a ratio of 450 to 1 okay so you got 300 guys it's like Gideon saying okay each one of us each one of you you take 450 men (laughs) we've all got to be turned into a Samson for a night wow crazy stuff but God's in it my friends it's time to get up at night get up out of bed, I know you've got a comfortable pillow, maybe you've got a comfortable you know, mattress and, and comfort and a nice comforter. Honestly, maybe it's all too comfortable. Maybe you just need to have a little discomfort so that you can get up at night and engage the enemy, catch the enemy off guard and hit him with that breakthrough anointing and be free. Wow. Wouldn't that be amazing? Within 24 hours you can be totally free. Wow. Hallelujah. Catch the breakthrough anointing. He caught it at night time. So we're talking about night assaults and there's purposes there's reasons for that this is reason uh, you know even in the special forces around the world they, they implement things um, they've learned things from this and even actually one of the he was an Englishman that became greatly loved by the Israelis and that would have been uh, Mr. Wingate and uh, you could read about him in Israeli historical you know papers even one, at one time when he was operating in Africa he had what was even called the Gideon team and because why he, he had read these stories in the Bible and he saw the value of night raids catching the enemy off guard and so he took all of that knowledge from from northern Africa when he went into Israel or at that time called Palestine but you know it's God's land called Israel and he went in there and started deploying the same tactics because the Arabs were just you know giving the Israelis and some of the British outposts a really really hard time so he says well we're going to fight fire with fire we're going to get tough and they've been raiding us we're going to turn the tables and we're going to start raiding them at night and so he brought the heat to them and uh, he'd start uh, with his small uh, elite team would start showing up at, at the middle of the night uh, of where their and camps were and he You know, so they, they were terrified of him. So these are things that were learned by a man that read the book of Judges and received supernatural illumination into how to conduct what we now know as special forces operations. So uh, all nations of the world in their military—they have their their main branches of their military, which is usually, of course, a, an air force, an army, and you know you've got naval and so forth. But all good nations—they all have well-developed special force teams. Now, this is what we see here: 300, 300 men are going to take on 135,000 men. Ooh, don't you know you've got to have some faith to be in a group like that? You've got to be different you've got to be different <laughs> well you've got to be different you have to have a different mentality look in our elite forces if you're talking Rangers Navy Seals Delta Force and things like that yes the physical requirements are out of this world but they all know the thing that sets them apart is it's up here it's a total different way of thinking and you're so highly developed and so differently developed in your thinking that that you're you're ready to do the impossible. Now, when you have a child of God who also has the spirit of faith, you put that together, my friends. You're looking at a super soldier. Praise the Lord, and you've got three hundred of them right here. Whoa, praise God! God's raising up His super soldiers right now all over the world to do battle against the enemy, against the Midianites, to drive them out of your land, to drive them out of your heart, to drive them out of your finances, to drive them out of your marriage, to drive them out of your family. Praise God to get all of the ites out send them back in take them down praise the Lord what night assaults Pastor Stephen but you don't understand you don't understand Pastor Stephen how much I love my sleep well maybe you just get tired of being overrun by the Midianites and you get so fed up with it you just think you know I, I just might have to do a night run well when you're ready the Holy Spirit will be ready to meet you and anoint you just like he did Gideon but I know I'm talking to some people You're already saying, hey, Pastor Steve, I'm ready for this. You don't have to twist my arm. Put me in that 300. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to fight. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. Now, verse 8. Actually, verse 7. Then the Lord said to Gideon, By the three hundred men who lapped, I will save you and deliver the Midianites into your hand. Let all the other people go, every man to his place. So the people took provisions and their trumpets in their hands, and he sent away all the rest of Israel, every man to his tent, and retained those three hundred men. Now the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. It happened on the same night. That the Lord said to him, I already know what some of you are thinking, Pastor Stephen, we've already had enough accomplished in one night. Don't you know it's time to go to bed now? No, God's talking. Stay up. If God keeps talking, you keep listening and you keep obeying. Look, this is your hour of deliverance. Glory to God, God can turn the whole thing, ten years of defeat, God could turn the whole thing in one night. Don't you think it's worth staying up a little bit longer? Well, Pastor Steve, we keep doing this, we're going to be up all night, we're going to see the sun come up. Yes, it's nice actually, praise God. And the strength, the anointing will be there. Mm-hmm. It happened on the same night that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have delivered it in two days. Your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, go down to the camp with Purah your servant, and you shall hear what they say. And afterward, your hand shall be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Purah his servant to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. Now the Midianites and Amalekites, all the people of the east, were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore and multitude. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling a dream to his companion. Now, in the Old Covenant, you'll see that God most often, if He ever did speak to a Gentile, to an unbeliever, He would do it through a dream. And here we see the same thing happening again. There was a man telling a dream to his companion. He said, I have had a dream, to my surprise a loaf of barley bread that, that would represent Gideon a loaf of barley bread uh, the barley bread uh, if you actually had a loaf of barley bread and you ate it let's say you ate half the loaf make sure you stay close to the toilet because within about two hours uh, mother nature is going to call barley is very coarse is very fibrous Um it's very rough usually in times of prosperity the Israelis never even would eat it they would only use it as food for their animals but now reduced to deep poverty they're actually uh, happy if they can get their hands on it so in his humility and in their state where this is all they have to eat the barley is a representation of Gideon okay so he said I have had a dream to my surprise a loaf of barley bread tumbled into the camp of Midian it came to a tent and struck it now in the Hebrew when it's referring to uh, a tent it's in essence like the tent so this is actually hitting the the tent the entire camp of the enemy okay so to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed then his companion answered and said this is nothing else but the sword of Gideon. Now, you'd have to think, you know, with all of these soldiers, over 100,000 of them, how in the world did they know about Gideon? These are things, my friends, that only God can do. I I do think that they had heard that there was a man who was uh, mounting and uprising against the Midianites, and so maybe a little bit of a rumor had spread. Hey, he's got a small team he's pulled together, not very big. His name's Gideon. We'll take him out, no problem. But at the same time, you would think, how would they even still really even know who this guy was? There's no newspapers, there's no cell phones or anything like that. Nevertheless, they knew this is nothing else but the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel, and to his hand God has delivered Midian and the whole camp. So. When God gives the word all you have to do is just walk out on it and basically God's saying I've already given you this entire army now Gideon just walk out there and just follow what I tell you to do and this whole thing is just going to be a big mop-up operation I'll take care of the whole thing for you praise the Lord and so it was when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation that he worshipped he returned to the camp of Israel and said arise For the Lord has delivered the camp of Midian to your hand. Then he divided the three hundred men into three companies, and he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, Look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you also blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. Now I have been to this area before. I've been to the, the very area where the men Knelt down and they would get the water. I've stood there on tour and looked at this amazing place, a little bit rugged in the sense where it's kind of out in the countryside. But my friends, this is an epic battle. And this thing went down at nighttime. Verse nineteen. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch, and they blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers that were in their hands. Now, this is fascinating. At this time in the in the operations of the Hebrew people, at nighttime they had three watches. Now later, when Rome began to grow, and the Roman Empire formed, and Rome began to not only conquer what we know as Europe, but also began to move into the Middle East, and took over all of the area of Israel, then they adopted the Roman night watch system, which was four uh, watches during the night. But at this time, the Romans yet aren't on the, uh, the pages of history. And so we're dealing with the Hebrew system of watching at night, and there were three watches, um, mainly based on a twelve-hour night period from six p.m. at night, twelve hours going all the way till six a.m. in the morning, sun up. In other words, uh, excuse me, from sundown to sun up. Now, of course, depending on the time of the year, you know the sun can set a little bit different. Sometimes five thirty, sometimes at seven, and it, it just depends. But nevertheless what would take place is that the first guy would go four hours, second guy four hours, the third guy four hours. So this happens at the beginning of the middle watch. Oh, this is, this is fascinating. Okay. So, the guys that are wrapping up the first watch, it's going to be right around ten o'clock or eleven o'clock. We're not quite sure because we don't know when the sunset. But let's say it's right around eleven o'clock. Well, all of the Midianites, they're all in their sleeping bags in their tents. Now, of course, they probably didn't have sleeping bags, but you know what I mean. They're all comfortable, and they're now at this point in a deep sleep. They've got to get their good rest because tomorrow's going to be a big day of battle, and they want to do a good job. So they're sleeping really, really well. And the shift is now taking place. As the first shift comes off, they're making their way back to their tents, probably looking forward to going to bed. And the second shift is coming in, and their eyes are not yet used to. Uh, to the darkness. It takes about 15 minutes for your eyes to get into that night mode where you can clearly see the stars at night and see shadows and things like that. The only way you can go right into it is if you've been around red light. Red light will allow you to step right out of red light, boom, right in the darkness, and you're already adjusted with your eyes. But of course, they didn't have that. And so this shift is taking place. There is an element where military. Uh, <laughs> You know strategists have studied this and they have been able to pull out what you could call natural elements of mental psychological warfare in other words psychological warfare things where you can mess with the enemy's mind and catch them off guard and and there's an element of that you can use that to your advantage now we also know that although that can be a little bit of a factor that if God doesn't move here you 're not going to catch an army this big off size and you 're not, not going to beat them this is This is an impossible situation. This is god who 's going to give them the victory, but you could see also how God could do some funny things to really mess with them because when Gideon and his men in three spread out in three separate areas as they blow the shofars and break these pitchers and start waving the torches around well the the soldiers that are asleep they're going to wake up and they're going to be startled and they're going to hear all of this noise and they're going to see people coming in uh, what would look like people coming into the camp coming into their tents what is that that's the men coming off the first watch coming into the tents well they're probably going to think somebody's coming into the tent their eyes have not yet adjusted they're going to grab their swords and start fighting them and they think they're, they're being attacked and then then there's just pandemonium breaks out all, all over and then then noises like that freak out all the camels now the camels are you know breaking loose and they're running all over probably running you know stomping on people and stuff like that it's just total absolute chaos and it's funny <laughs> praise the Lord <laughs> hallelujah glory to God and and the Lord's angels are there just stirring up all of the confusion in the camp and so they just start killing each other the Midianites just stabbing each other the Malachites are all killing each other nobody knows what's going on it's dark nobody can see anything just total mass pandemonium and that that night over 100,000 people are going to be killed. Praise the Lord. What an amazing thing that God did. Verse 20, Then the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing. And they cried, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon, and every man stood in this place all around the camp. And the whole army ran and cried out and fled. When the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord, the Lord said, every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled the Bethacastia toward Zarah as far as the border of Abel, Mahola, by Taba. I tell you what, God is on the move. My friends, if you get up at night, and that anointing begins to come in the Spirit, start praying in the Spirit, and you start praying in the Spirit, and that anointing comes on you real strong, and you just take off in the Spirit, then just push it, push it real strong until you get that note of victory. And if the Holy Spirit doesn't, doesn't lift, just Ooh, I mean if you've got to get a coffee going do whatever it takes go to the refrigerator get something cold or, so, or get something hot just keep going pray why you're engaging in spiritual battle hallelujah now I know there is an element where our prayer is praise our, our speaking in tongues unto the Lord is worship but there can be a time special moments When you know there's a shift and there's an element of warfare. And when that happens is it's a totally different type of anointing. And the tongues can get real, real strong. And it's like it's like you're in the battle. In a sense, you are spiritually. And when that is happening, that's the time to just really go for it. Verse 25. And they captured the two princes of the Midianites. Oreb and Zeb. Now, Oreb, his name means raven, and Zeb, his name means wolf. I think those would be two good symbolic pictures of the character of the nature of these two wicked, evil kings. They killed Oreb at the rock of Oreb, and Zeb they killed at the winepress of Zeb. They pursued Midian and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon on the other side of the Jordan. Okay, well, some other tribes get involved also. They begin to cut out or cut off the uh, the other paths of where the you know the remaining tribes or uh, the remaining Midianites are fleeing from. And when it's all said and done, they kill all the kings of the Amalekites and the Midianites. They wipe them all out. So it was a phenomenal, phenomenal victory, and it was all because of the Holy Spirit anointing coming upon God's man. And he willing to push it and just say, God, it's time for change. It's time to overthrow the enemy. We are fed up with being defeated. It is time for us to get back into our place, our rightful place with you, and never depart from that place ever again. Hallelujah. I feel the peace of the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I feel that Jehovah Shalom is here, and that as you go to bed peacefully and as you sleep, And as you would even by faith set your alarm clock, and just say, "Lord, I'm going to set my clock, and by faith I'm just going to set it for this certain amount of time, whatever it would be that the Holy Spirit would highlight it to you as being." And you say, "I'm just going to get up, Lord, and I'm just going to see what's going to happen." And Lord, I'm going to meet you in prayer. I'm tired of defeat in my life. I want the Midianites out. I want them all out. I want my my life, Lord, to glorify you, and I want victory in my life. So I'm willing to seek you at night. And you'll see that many of the great battles that were fought in the Word of God, where God's people were fighting against innumerable odds, and they won, so many times it would happen in the middle of the night. Praise God. So my friends, I just want to encourage you, pray at night. Get up and pray at night, and win it at night. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we give you praise. I would also encourage you, when you're praying, to pray in faith to say Lord I know that you can give me the victory Lord Jesus I know that you are Jehovah Savah. you are the Lord of hosts the captain of the angelic armies and Lord I know that you can give me the victory in this area and I know that you could turn this thing around so Lord I'm here to pray and my friends pray glory to the Lord and look for that anointing of the spirit to come upon you and to take you from a place of just Normal, maybe what it would be like night devotional time or normal, maybe night prayer time into a warfare anointing. Woo! Praise the Lord. And if you're in it, stay in it and push it until you see the enemies, Oreb and Zeb, taken out. Praise God. Often when you're praying real strong like that and you're in spiritual warfare, when you break through, you'll you'll get victory and you'll there'll be a laughing in the spirit and you'll it it just joy joy of the Holy Spirit comes in and that's why I'm saying you can win this thing at night you can win it at night and you'll actually know that it's been won because the Holy Spirit brings that amazing witness of joy and when that happens well get get a little sleep maybe you'll have time for an hour maybe hour and a half of sleep and uh, you may think that's not much but you'll find out it'll be enough and you get up go off to work and you'll be just fine. Praise the Lord. But my friends, this is how you turn it. Don't just wait for things to change. Maybe things are not going to change until the meteorites are conquered and thrown out of your life. Praise the Lord. So these are the seasons that we are in where God is anointing his people for warfare. And a lot of this is taking place at night, just like it did for Gideon. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people that that Gideon anointing for warfare be upon your people to press it and to break it through that father, your Holy Spirit, I'd ask would visit them at night. Hallelujah. With special grace to break the power of the enemy. Now, father, we give you praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, what's fascinating in Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27, that famous text that talks about the anointing, how it removes the burdens and destroys the yokes. Well, this very same battle is mentioned in context with that anointing of how Oreb and Zeb were overthrown and killed and destroyed. So my friends, just as the Israelites experienced victory, and you may feel outnumbered, you may feel like you don't have enough help on your side, but all you need is you and the Holy Spirit going in together and just go in faith and you'll be amazed at what God can accomplish through you. Hallelujah. And of course there are those other times we team up together in corporate prayer and we really bring the heat, praise God. Thank you Lord Jesus and we see the victories. Hallelujah. God is turning everything for good. God is turning all defeat, all failure into sweet victory because there's no there's no failure in Jesus. Hallelujah. So Father, we thank you for the release of the Gideon warfare night assault anointing now take it in Jesus name Amen let's take Holy Communion together praise the Lord if you're watching this program and you are separated from God because of your sins and if you've ever sinned once that's enough to separate you from God for all eternity because God is so holy sin cannot be in his presence And if that's you, and you want to get your life right with God, right now, pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Wash my sin away. Jesus, I accept you as my Lord, my King, and my Savior, right now. Thank you, Jesus. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus. I give you my heart now. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Jesus has received you unto himself. Now, take some unleavened bread, grab some grape juice, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bless the communion meal. We consecrate this. This is now the flesh and the blood of Christ, our Savior. We thank you for victory. We thank you for the Gideon night assault anointing to overthrow the enemy. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father God, in the name of Jesus. This anointing is coming upon us right now. Father, we give you all the praise. In Jesus' name, let's receive the body of Christ. Hallelujah. God has got your victory planned out. He's got it all planned out. He's got it all planned out. Just go spend time with Him in prayer. Get over in the Spirit with Him and walk it out. He'll walk you straight into victory. All of your enemies are going to be overthrown. Father, we thank You for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank You, Father, for Your healing power. Lord Jesus we give you all the praise we receive every promise every blessing by faith in your name amen let's receive the cleansing blood of Christ okay you've got a sword in your hand what is that sword pastor Stephen it's the word of God it's the living word of God take it and run the Midianites through with it hallelujah Glory to God. Go right into victory. Push it, praise the Lord. Swinging that sword, cutting down all the works of evil and darkness against your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Your days of being impoverished by the enemy are finished. The enemy is being overthrown right now. Rise up and pray. Meet the Lord in the dark of night, and He'll bring that light into your enemy. Into your life, total victory. Mm, thank you, Jesus. The angels of light are coming in, the warring angels are coming in. Woo! Thank you, Jesus.